Hi, I'm Eddie. I run a comic shop and publish my own comic strip. And I'm Roger, and I run a comic shop and my very own Comic-Con. And I'm Joe, a lifelong fan who does all the real work to make our show go. Every week, we'll discuss the newest insider info that you won't get from your favorite comics and talk to some of our favorite creators and publishers. So come take a peek behind the counter with Tales from the Comic Shop, part of the Geek Nerd Network. Weekly on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. children you must walk feminine talk feminine smile and beguile feminine utilize your femininity that's what every girl should know if she wants to catch a bow oh won't somebody please think of the children okay first i'm not a princess I'm the daughter of the chief. Same difference. No. If you wear a dress and you have an animal sidekick, you're a princess. I think you can kiss your trade franchise goodbye. Hey everyone, welcome back to the 69th episode and <laughs> final episode of season two of Kiss Your Franchise Goodbye. Yeah, we made it all the way to 69. Nice. And so here we are uh, to wrap up everything we've talked about over the last oh my gosh two years uh we started with the power of one in april of 2021 during the middle of the pandemic and now i know it was a very bad start i mean if we're gonna start the power of one at least we get to end with the 69 yeah i know right that's the power of two i think That's a very certain power of two. One to the power of two. Uh, so, and and a lot of greatness in between. Um, uh, some not so greatness, but uh, we're here to talk about all of that and uh, once again honor uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg, the co-founder oh, of Queeby. How we've um, missed the, the Katzenberg, co-founder of Queeby. Welcome back. So, uh, thank you for presenting this uh, this episode of our podcast. I'm Andy Wilson, uh, and returning champ Melissa, you are here. How are you doing? Um, you know, I almost forgot we were doing this today, so I'm I'm feeling a little forgetful. But I do have a oh, list no. that I made. <laughs> okay, good. Of of uh, several things, so yeah. Cool. Um, I know we've talked about the Oscars in the past. Do you, are you going to be watching the Oscars tonight? Do you care about the Oscars tonight or? The amount I care about the Oscars changes according to how many of the movies I've actually seen or want to win. And I want everything, everywhere, all at once to win every fucking award. So I will probably be watching just because I think that will be joyous when we see um, all those winners, um, you know, the thought of Michelle Yeoh just like winning an Oscar makes my heart sing. You know what I mean? So yeah, as much as I kind of don't want to, um, you know, I'll probably be folding laundry or doing something else, you know, while I'm watching. But yeah, I'll be watching because I really hope they win all the awards. Yeah, I'm gonna be catching up on timesheets at work while I do it. <laughs> I'll be yeah, same same deal. Uh, 
I am so scared though, because they're coming in. Everything everywhere all at once is coming in with like a lot of momentum, but mm-hmm. that doesn't always bode well. I don't yeah. want my heart broken, and it's not that I want to root against Kate Blanchett and Tar, but like if she wins, I'm just going to be like my heart is going to hurt. That, yeah, like, she's got so many awards already, and honestly, I, I haven't even seen that movie because it just looks boring to me. Um, she's really good at it. Well, I'm sure she's it's really like... good at everything. She probably could have elevated Power of One, you know, on her own. Wow. <laughs> so, that would be tough. It, that'd be tough if Morgan Freeman couldn't do it, but at least the two of them together, <laughs> you know? Uh, and that wouldn't have made it a good movie, mind you, just that she could have elevated it. <laughs> elevated, yeah. Instead of subterranean, maybe just like, you know, I don't know, like pond scum level or something. There you, you go. Know? Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I understand what you mean, like, but I don't know. I I tend to think the Oscar voters, as much as they've tried to diversify it. There are a lot of like guilty liberal types on there and they might yeah. just go ahead and give the away. It would be deserving. It wouldn't be like, you know, um, just trying to make up for it. But I do think in their minds, they'll try to make up for the lack of diversity, not just in, in the people who are nominated, but especially in the winners as well. Yeah. So I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I think we'll, it'll be okay. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. There there was a really like scary article in Entertainment Weekly this week where they're like, we interviewed four anonymous uh, Oscar voters and these were their thoughts. And it was like, we hated everything everywhere all at once. How dare they? They're so gimmicky. And these kids today. And it's just like, oh, fuck you, boomer. Just, yeah. And that's unfortunate. I mean, it's yeah, and it is some of Gen X too. The older Gen Xers aren't aren't much far removed from the Boomers, unfortunately. So, um, yeah. you know, it is what it is. But um, I'm hoping they just got a bad sampling there. <laughs> you know I you hope mean? so. That's that's yeah. what I hope too. So yeah. again, I'm just uh, I'm like, do I? I'm gonna watch. Yeah, another be... reason to watch to see just how racist they're gonna be tonight. Because <laughs> like, honestly, like even if if we take race out of it, that is still one of the best, if not the best, movie of the last year. It really is on its it own. Is. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think it's I think it's far and above anything else that came out last mm-hmm. year. Spoiler alert for my rankings for the um for the movies yeah what did you say on twitter that everyone you know thinks at least four of the nominees for best picture are complete garbage yes yeah and and what those four are vary wildly from everywhere like Mm. i don't know i did not like all quiet on the western front and a lot of people really seem to like it haven't seen it a lot of people really like top gun i think top gun's a great movie I, I, I think it's a pile of garbage. I you think it's a pile. <laughs> yeah, what, what, I, I think I think it got snubbed just for what they did in that movie. I think it got um, snubbed, yeah, for like cinematography. Like yeah. and honestly direction. And and probably direction. It's Star Wars. It is it's, Star Wars. It is, whole, but it's, it's like you can't do anything like they did in that film, though. 
I mean, the, the, the way they shot that film, I mean, that's, that's where I think the snub is, is, you know, categories, like you said, Andy, cinematography and direction aren't about likability. It's what you do with a camera. Right. And I, I don't, I've never seen anything like what they did in Maverick. So I don't think I noticed cause I was asleep. Yeah. You, sh- you should have stayed awake because <laughs> so boring. it was pretty amazing what they were doing in those, in the, the plane sequences. But it was, it was pretty yeah, cool. And, and definitely yeah. Viola um, probably oh, snubbed. Man. I mean, you, you liked Wakanda forever uh, more than I did. But yeah. I mean, definitely some snubs there. RRR could have been nominated for everything mm-hmm. and wasn't. RRR would it could have been uh, really great. And Decision to Leave, which is oh, yeah. 100%. not a movie I don't know. Oh, I just, I think Decision to Leave is like a fantastic movie and um, it, it didn't even get nominated for best foreign language film do you think I that's the parasite effect yeah Where they were like yeah you got it you already got this we're gonna move on yeah and and the like oh we've already got one asian film why do we need another asian film what i don't know again tokenizing i think that that is uh a lot of what's going on here so, Brookheim, you are here, and you did not like Top Gun. Um, what, I don't know, what did you, what did you like from this last year? If you had an Oscar ballot, where would you go with it? I mean, obviously, I think the thing that should win everything is everywhere, everything everywhere all at once. That was a really hard way to say that, but mm-hmm. yeah. um, I thought there were a few movies in there that, I don't understand why you wait that long to make Maverick Top Gun and don't <laughs> don't put a little bit of time into creating a plot or a dialogue that isn't a copy of Star Wars. But even, even right down to the, the stay on target. Like as soon as he said stay on target, I was like, I'm fucking out of here. I mean, what movie hasn't had that plot, though? I think, though, that the point is, I mean, well, my my whole take on Top Gun Maverick is it was like, it's like it was raised in a lab to be, <laughs> it's, to be it's like beyond, an beyond pleaser. Yeah. yeah, beyond beef Maverick. Yeah. Is that what you wanted it to be? <laughs> no, that's, that's kind of what it is. It's like, hey, if we took the DNA of what we think audiences want to see and we play on their nostalgia and we give everybody something that's familiar but it's kind of in a new package and you get to see tom cruise flying planes and uh he's breaking the rules and we're using the military industrial complex to take down an unnamed enemy um so boring it's just i don't know it but i i mean the film that i keep comparing it to is rio bravo uh, which is also a film of like kind of questionable politics and but like a real crowd pleaser. You got Dean Martin, you got uh, John Wayne, and uh, it's a cool cowboy movie. So, you know, and it's it's not bad and it's but it's just it's got it's like edges sanded down so much that like yeah, this isn't going to poke anybody. And that's, is that daring art? I don't know. The cinematography was daring. 
the the like the technical achievement is really daring and i think that's pretty cool but yeah well and that's the value of the oscars i mean other than their notoriously poor decision making right is <laughs> that you do get to be appreciated for the different categories right like is there a better film than everything everywhere last year no but so. are there films that had acting and you know technical advancements i mean like this the costuming of elvis come yeah. on i uh, loved I, elvis see elvis and was i was fun. i was like yeah it was okay right but it's not a character i cared about so i was surprised to not see um oh the unbearable weight of massive yeah. talent yeah yeah good. i was actually good really surprised pedro pascal didn't get yeah. a nomination that that would have been one of mine because i just i mean he's obviously great and he's having a moment right now but like i don't know that performance was something else and, <laughs> so good yeah there's a couple on here that i haven't seen i haven't seen triangle sadness yet i want to i was gonna watch that today mm. um i have thoughts about that movie <laughs> i haven't seen it yet i loved turning red i loved marcel the show Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I think there's some, and I do think that's one of the things that I like about it is the different categories, like you were saying, JB. I think that's it's interesting to see what ends up in those different categories. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Oscars always leave out things that shouldn't have been, and yeah, it seems like there's always weird decisions. So well. And that brings us to what we're here for, which is giving our own weird awards to all of the movies that we watched over the last two years. So um, this is pure anarchy. Um, You can have ranked all of the films. You can have a, like a top five, a bottom five, a top 10, a bottom 10, whatever it is that you wanted to bring uh, it is it is a potluck award ceremony. Uh, so I don't know who wants to start. Yeah, I didn't I didn't do any categories per se. I did, mm-hmm. you know, top 15, bottom five. And then I did the my favorite aha moments where I had like a top three, like moments that changed how I viewed cinema. Um, but. I mean, Andy, start with that. Have... I want to hear the. I want to hear the 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 aha moments. So my, I did. Well, I did moments that, like, when I saw them, I went, "That's a game changer," right? So, like, one of my moments was, um, well, I'll save. I'll save my favorite one. Um, my one of them was, uh, well, I'll give you the best one. The one that was the best was when they pulled the Captain America shield out in Free Guy. <laughs> because, listen, I mean, is it kitsch? Is it silly? Is it stupid? Yes. But is it – Do did, like, everybody stop and take a collective breath in the theater before losing their minds? Yes. The other one, and and we know this one, is the butt plug in Everything Everywhere. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's – that's the ultimate right there. Yeah. And then, and then there's the, I mean, most of the end of lady vengeance, which is when I saw it, everybody was like, Oh wow. This, like, this is exactly what vengeance should be. Right. That's kind of what people were thinking. Right. Cause everybody's going, 
oh, this is horrifying. But in that situation, right, it's that collective gas. So those were kind of the three like, oh, my gosh, moments. But Was, I mean, are, are you talking about the actual scene of vengeance or the like the all of the scene in the bakery afterwards? More, I mean, not as many people were into that as just the the everybody going in to do their piece to the you know, yeah. to the, so that was, I think, that third piece of changing cinema in terms of the collective. Like people are at very levels of involvement throughout. I think the first part of those movies, but like no matter what you were doing in Free Guy, when that part happened, everybody immediately stopped and looked at what was going on. Like when Including Chris Evans, Chris comes Evans. Out, yeah, yeah, and when he comes out and says, "What the shit?" Like everybody lost their mind. Same thing, like in. Um, everything everywhere all at once people were watching various levels of it but when that dude goes for it like everybody stops and goes holy what is going on in this film so those were kind of those um i think those were the three moments that i thought of the most where um and like the hard thing is with a movie like coco there's so many of them like that's a hard movie to turn away from because mm-hmm. there's so many good scenes but those those three parts in those movies and there were on the on the flip side, there were also parts that I made me want to turn the movie off, like anything in Blade Two, anything in Tangled, anything in right. There, there's also movies where it you're opposed to them, but those were the three I think fun categories. So if you if you all have some of those, I would love to hear them. That's great. I yeah. Uh, let's hear your your tops and bottoms. So my bottom five, uh, starting at five. Um, is Candyman 2 <laughs> or is Candyman 3 then 3 is Blade 2 2 is Tangled and 1 wait, is wait 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 Blade 2 or Blade 3 Blade 2 I actually like Blade 3 way more because of, of Ryan Reynolds he saves that movie he's hilarious in that movie come on he's way better Blade 2 is awful Blade 2 I barely even finished so what yeah yeah, I didn't like it. Get out. Yeah, I, okay. I, at least, I at least thought Blade Trinity had side characters that I would watch the movie for. Blade 2 is just depressing and dark and not as exciting. And then my second worst movie was Tangled and then, Power of, then Power of One. All right. Yeah. And then my top, I have top 15, but I'll give you the top 10. Um, 10 was Candyman. Nine Free Guy, eight Barfy, seven Toy Story Two, six Demolition Man, yeah, five Robin Hood, four Ty Creed One and Creed Two, three Everything Everywhere All at Once, two Old Boy, one Coco. That is a very JB list. There is, isn't it? Is that that is like really is. <laughs> Thank you for allowing me to have such shitty but yet wonderful movies on my list. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Those are the um, only three categories I have, but if you all have other categories, I will diligently uh, jump in as best I can to do other to join you in them. Uh, I I am surprised you did not um, give us a best dog. Uh, so I will uh, well done. I will go ahead and um, uh, best dog is uh, 
is Diablo from Coco. Definitely. Uh, he, he's, he's the best boy. So, um, and Second when, you, and when you name him, then he, he, you know, you have to take care of him. He's part of the family. So <laughs> he's, he's, he's the best. He's the best dog. Um, uh, I can, I can give my, my tops and bottoms. Oh, I had best sports scene. The oh, best sports scene. scene. Okay. The, the football scene in Robin Hood beating all of the boxing films. <laughs> <laughs> Go yes. Lady Cluck. Anyway, sorry that one. Oh, Lady Cluck. Well, I can do mine as well. Yeah. Okay, go for it. it. Okay, so I ranked franchises first. Nice. Go for so it. So my top franchise is the Rocky Creed franchise. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Uh, my second favorite franchise is the Candyman franchise. Excellent. Because I think that first movie is so good. Um, followed by my third favorite is JB's freaky, creepy ass movies. I put them in number three because they've really made an impact on me. And then fourth, I put um, the Dolly Parton franchise. Nice. Yay, Dolly. And then at the very bottom, because it gets sort of mixed in, in the middle there, the my least favorite franchise of all was the uh, Hannibal franchise. Mm. And my most forgettable was the Blade movies. I forgot we even fucking watched those. Yeah. Yeah. So, it is such a mixed bag, isn't it? Those Hannibal ones. They are yeah. Yeah, too much. Too much. So my top 10 movies, um, starting with number 10, I put Creed 1 um, at Base number nine, I have Louise by the Shore. Nice. In nice. Spot number eight, I put Snow White and the Seven Doors. Yep. Seven is nine to five. Uh, in the sixth spot, I have Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Uh, I even said the name correctly that time. <laughs> <laughs> number any, five. Any name is great when you say it, Brooke. <laughs> in number five, I have Candyman. Number four, I have Coco. Number three, I have Rocky Two. In my second favorite, I have everything everywhere all at once. And number one for me was Barfy. Thank you. Yeah, that is an equivalently great Brook list. Yeah. So that's perfect. <laughs> and then my least favorites, um, tied for spot number 10, I have Candyman 2 and 3, because they're garbage. Um, spot number 9, I have Red Dragon. Uh, and this is not to be. A contrarian, but in my least favorite spot for number eight, I have Rocky Four. No, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, no, go go for it. Just yeah, so much propaganda, and the world needs to hate each other less. So number seven, I have Tangled, um, followed by six is Hunchback, five is Pocahontas. Uh, spot number four, because I just don't understand why people like this movie. I tried, and I'm sorry. Kit is Labyrinth. Uh, in spot number three is Old Boy because just fuck that one right off. <laughs> number two, I have The Power of One. And in spot number one for least favorite is all of the Hannibal seasons because I couldn't even, they they were just so disturbing. And they're still stuck in my fucking watch list on Hulu. They will oh, not, no. I cannot remove it. it no oh, matter no. what I do, it, he just stares, like, stares at me. And so I don't think I will ever get over those that is not only a tv series worst but also a logistics infrastructure worst so thanks a lot <laughs> hannibal 
Yeah, that's all. I did rank the birthday movies separately from all the others, but I don't know if that's necessary. But oh, do it. Yeah, I want to hear those. That's great, though. Of all the birthday movies, I have Power of One coming in at the bottom. Yep. Um, number eight is Labyrinth. Number seven is Demolition Man. Six is Grave of the Fireflies. Fourth, I have Free Guy. Spot number three, Luis by the Shore. Spot number two, Everything Everywhere All at Once. And spot number one is Barfi. Nice. That, there we go. That sounds about nice ranking. Right. Melissa, you can go next, or I can go next, and you get the you get the final word. Um, what do you want? Yeah, I'll get the final word. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. So I will. I will go. Um, does anyone want to guess what my number one favorite movie is? I think everything right. everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and I had Hannibal. I had Hannibal Rising as your favorite. <laughs> uh, okay. <Demolition> Man. <laughs> I okay. had Turning Red. Turning Red was my Andy number one. Okay, here's here's my here's my top ten, and here's the cheat. Um, my number ten is a ten way tie for. <laughs> You're Frozen. the worst. Yeah. <laughs> my number ten is a ten way tie. With Frozen 2, Candyman, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Frozen, Moana, Enchanted, The Original Toy Story, The Little Mermaid, Turning Red, Encanto, and Raya. Number 9. 9 to 5. Yay, Dolly. Number 8. Silence of the Lambs. Number 7. Blade 2. How dare you, JB? Wow. Guillermo del Toro's <laughs> wow. gothic action masterpiece vampire movie, Blade oh, 2. I may have to watch it again. My number seven. I think I Top Gun Maverick Brook style on Blade 2 last time. I <laughs> love that movie so much. It might just be I just love del Toro and I love vampires. So, Number six, Creed. Number five, Toy Story 2 makes me cry. Number four, Coco, makes me cry harder. Number three, Barfy, makes me cry hardest. Uh, Number two, Everything Everywhere All at Once, makes me cry even hardest everywhere, everywhere, all the time. Number one, you guys, it was Beauty and the Beast. Come on. I don't mean make you cry in your basement. (laughs) I love that movie. Okay. Um, the only, the only known. good, the only good part of known. Beauty, the only good part of Beauty and the Beast is when he turns into the person, and you were like, "That dude is so ugly." <laughs> okay. You know my favorite part of any animated film. <laughs> okay. Uh, my bottom ten. Uh, sorry, Dolly. Uh, Joyful noise and straight talk. Oh, sorry. Uh, number nine, Pocahontas. Number. Eight, Hannibal. Uh, number seven, Blade Trinity. Number six, a movie the rest of you didn't watch. I did The Hustle, which is the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels remake. Uh, next, uh, Candyman, Farewell to Flash, the, the Los Angeles straight-to-cable porn one. Uh, <laughs> next, Rocky Five. Uh, number three, mm. The Power of One. Number two, a movie the rest of you also did not watch, luckily, Hannibal Rising. Uh, 
very boring and the worst movie that I had to watch. Candyman 3 or Candyman Day of the Dead. Uh, Which one is Farewell oh, to the Flesh 2? Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I mixed those up. Farewell to the Flesh is it's 3, right? Farewell to the uh, sorry. Farewell to the Flesh is better. So Farewell to the Flesh is New Orleans is number 5. Uh, Candyman 3, Day of the Dead, the Los Angeles mm. uh, cable porn one is is the worst. Yeah, Day of the Dead so, is sorry. Candyman 3. And yeah. Okay, got it. And Farewell to Flesh is, is the New Orleans one. With, so, yeah, slightly. Uh, but better than Rocky V. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Brooke. <laughs> okay. Um... And I already did my award for best dog. So that's better than Rocky Five. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, if, if, if you what? want to, I have ranked all of the films. It's a better movie than Rocky Five? Yep. <laughs> to be sorry. fair, Straight Talk would be a great movie if Guillermo del Toro directed it. So <laughs> take that, Dolly Parton. <laughs> but, uh, okay. Yeah. Because it didn't, it didn't have. Well, there, were, I mean, there's a lot. Of stuff. Oh anyway. man, I can't wait for the ESPN simulation of Candyman versus Rocky. <laughs> Rocky, <laughs> Rocky. Right. Oh no! Throw Brigitte at Candyman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Melissa. Uh, bring us home. Bring us home. <laughs> okay. So I have also top 10 worst and best. I'm going to go with the worst. We'll just get those out of the way. <laughs> so um, I, I cheated just as tiny smidge too, because I put Candyman two and three at number 10. Those are just bad. Uh-huh. Um, somebody earlier said that it was, uh, I think it was you, um, Brooke, but you said you didn't like Labyrinth. Agreed. That's number nine on mine. I've never liked it since I was a kid. Um, <sighs> although I have a special category that does mention a character from Labyrinth later that I'm going to talk about. Ooh, nice. Best cod piece. Oh no! <laughs> You're close. <laughs> Best crotch. Nice. Awesome. Best crotch is David Bowie and Labyrinth. Yeah, <laughs> one of my special awards. That's great. <laughs> <I have> a few. <laughs> okay, um, number. Uh, Eight is the Hannibal movie, not the TV show, but the movie. I did mm-hmm. not enjoy that one. Next is Rocky Five, fucking terrible. Uh, next after that is Grindstone. Um, I love Dolly, but that movie is just terrible. Hunchback of Notre Dame, just boring. It's yeah. so boring, and and there was just some weird subtext there that has no place in a children's movie. Yeah. Next is Demolition Man. Um, look. <laughs> I, I think I dislike it the more time has passed since I last saw it. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> I, I, I never would have thought it would be that high up on the bat list, but it kind of just kind of is. You know? That's awesome. <laughs> uh, oh, crap. What did I do? I put rhinestone twice, y'all. How did I do that? It's that bad. <laughs> I did bad, bad. that. Whoops. Okay. I'll have to think of another one to put in that place. Um, all right, so number two then is Pocahontas. Um, boring, offensive, and just badly, poorly 
made and rendered. I mean, you've got the trifecta, you know? And uh, I don't think this is going to come as any surprise to any of you as much as I bitch about this movie all season, but Power of One is by far the best <laughs> yeah. we saw season two. It's even worse than Rhinestone twice. That's it, how really bad is. Is. <laughs> it really is. I mean, there's Power of One and then even Pocahontas is, is like way further down in terms of how bad, you know what I'm saying? Like it's even though it's number two. So yeah. All right. So my top movies, um, First is Louise by the Sea, because I really did enjoy that movie. Next is Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. I have nice. to, it's a Ooh, classic. I love nice. that movie, and I've got to redeem uh, Dolly a little bit. <laughs> um, number eight is Frozen. I forgot how much I enjoyed that movie, and just the the message of like not having to be saved by a man was just, it's revolutionary for Disney, you know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah. shout out to them for that. Next is Hannibal the series. Um, I I know it's hard for you to watch Brooke because you're just so empathetic, but I'm a bitch and I really enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just because I, I you know it's just it's I so totally cool. respect that. Me, you know, visually stunning, and also this was on freaking NBC, y'all. I still can't believe that this was on a network. Not either. Uh, totally true. You know, it, it's. Yeah, that's just crazy. Um, next is Lilo and Stitch. Um, I really oh, love, yeah. you know, how... Oh, I forgot this, Lilo. Right? It, it's so good oh, that... it, because there's so much going on there. So uh, this message is so empowering about, like, anger and emotions and uh, loss and grief and just so many things going on. It's just so beautiful. I really love that movie. I would and like to add Lilo and Stitch instead of Creed. Aw. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so good. Um, next is Candyman. I don't think I understood how good this movie was when I first saw it. I, I didn't have the right frame of mind and maybe not the right amount of experience in life to really truly appreciate it. When it came out, I was a teenager and um, I think I may even mention this when we talked about it, like, you know, at that age, you're just very selfish and into yourself. And you're not paying attention to the world. And there, there's just so much going on in this movie. It was so well done. And just even just like the the lighting, how they made Virginia Madsen look, it, it, there's just so it's just beautiful. It's just a wonderful film. Um, that is in another category of, of mine called Changed View, like the movies that were my view changed drastically of it since i first saw it and so yeah this will get an honorable mention later um number three is barfy i mean come on y'all yeah. it's this is just a wonderful movie yeah. um number two is everything everywhere all at once because holy shit was this just a creative wonderful movie that i just enjoyed from start to finish and then number one I'm obligated, but I would put it here anyway. Is Coco? I mean, yeah. it oh, just yeah. made, gave me all the feels, made me cry like a blubbering idiot <laughs> when I was talking about it um, on the show. And it's, um, yeah, that's. It, I I'm so happy we got to watch that this season. Yeah, me too. Agreed. Oh, so good. Um. Okay. Uh, give us, give us your other awards. Who, who else do you have on your list for best crotch? Yeah, that's what I was waiting yeah, for. Was who else? Just best crotch was just David Bowie. Oh, just oh, I thought you were going to go with Candyman because yeah, I was waiting for Candyman three. Farewell to the coffee. 
<laughs> Y'all already brought this one up, but best butt plug was everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> uh, let's see. Misuse of a great actor, Morgan Freeman in Power of One. Nice. Hell yeah. Um, the almost redeemed Burt Reynolds Award goes to Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Nice. <laughs> yes. I almost, I almost liked him after that movie. Almost. Almost. Yep. <laughs> um, mo- movies that made me feel like I was on drugs. Alice in Wonderland. Um, yes. Honorable mention, Demolition Man, because what universe does that shit happen? I just, you know. <laughs> it's a sad and lonely <laughs> universe, trust me. <laughs> it's the it's the Elon Musk universe where he's going to build his own little town and it's going to be just like Demolition Man. <laughs> uh, Should have been bad, but was actually good. Enchanted. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like there were parts of it that, you know, where Amy Adams sort of annoyed me, but overall, I still really love this movie. And then um, Free Guy, because, and I think I've said this yeah. before, because we, we watched Blade, what was it, Blade 3 with Ryan Reynolds, right? Is that the one? Yeah. He was? yeah. Like, a little bit of Ryan Reynolds goes a long way, and so I was afraid that, like, this movie would suck because it would be too much Ryan Reynolds, you know, because Ryan Reynolds is he's kind of like like jack nicholson jack being jack ryan reynolds is being ryan reynolds you know what i mean and i i there's only so much i can take but i really did enjoy this movie i couldn't believe it i never got tired of his shtick um probably because he wasn't really playing his shtick as much as he normally does so that um it should have been bad but it was good and so because jody comer was so good in that too yeah in terms yeah. of like really cutting through the like treacle of him. Yeah. She like was she like, yeah, he made that movie, but she made that movie possible because without her, it would have just been too silly. Yeah. So she totally. was the heart of that movie. I love her. Um then I have the unpopular opinion award. Toy Story 2 is just okay. I know that's the one that's ranked mm-hmm. the highest, like in terms of like IMDB and you know, Rotten Tomatoes, and everybody seems to love that one. That's my least favorite out of all the the Toy Story movies, and I I just think it's okay. It's good, but it, eh, you know, I don't know. Everybody seems to love it. Um, I think the thing about the Toy Story movies, though, is they're all so good that like saying Toy Story two is like the least one of those. I'm like, I don't know. Then that probably still means it's like in a universe of really good movies, <laughs> but because. Mm. They're just, I don't know. Yeah. I, so even though like that was in my top 10, I, I totally respect that opinion. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. All right. So, um, y'all knew this one was coming, right? The failing up award. So, (laughs) (laughs) uh, basically this is just a list of princes and I had, these boys are so boring and stupid that I had to look up their names because I didn't even know their names. Uh, Prince Eric from Little Mermaid. He did absolutely nothing the entire thing and then gets to to marry the Little Mermaid at the end. He's stupid. Prince Philip from Sleeping Beauty. I mean, he did shit, shit all the entire time and he had a happy ending. Fuck him. And then Prince Florian from Snow White. I Did you even hear a Prince Florian? I mean, fuck. I didn't even know this guy's name. Failing up. All of them. I thought he was just called Prince Charming. Wow. Florian. Yeah, I had to look he had a up. name. Yeah. No, Prince Charming is Cinderella, I thought. Oh, okay. Yeah, him too. Sure. That guy. Yeah. All these guys, all these fucking guys. That's them. Um, 
And then I have, did y'all do best songs and worst songs? No. Okay. Go for it. Best song. There's two from Encanto, um, Surface Pressure and Dos Orguitas. And then despite the fact that I wasn't in love with Robin Hood as much as I was as a kid, Not in Nottingham is still a great song. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And it, 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 it's like a perfect um, montage song, that sad montage right before things finally get better, you know, like when everybody's at their lowest. It's like a perfect example of the perfect song for that moment in a movie um, right before the end when everything hopefully goes right. And uh, worst song is In a Gata de Vida. <laughs> <laughs> it's still playing. <laughs> yeah, it's like we watched Man Hunter a year and a half ago, and In a Gata de Vida is still going. It's still there, dude. Oh, God. Yep. Um, okay, and then the only other thing I have is the ones that I, where I changed my view. Um, Toy Stories 3 and 4. Like before, and I think I might have mentioned this before we watched the Toy Story franchise, I probably would have put Toy Story 3 at the top, but I didn't like it as much. And it's only been what, like 10 years or something since that movie. And how my opinion, I still love it better. And I think it's better than Toy Story 2, but I didn't love it the way I remembered somehow. Uh, And Toy Story 4, I thought it was okay when I saw it in the theater. And then I watched it now and I'm like, God, this is really good. Um, Completely agree. Yeah. My mind just flipped on both of those. Um, I mentioned Robin Hood. I love that movie as a kid. And now it's like, oh, well, it's okay. I don't. And it's still miles in a way better than that Taron Egerton bullshit. Um, (laughs) But. But yeah, um, Candyman, I already mentioned how I just couldn't believe how little I really understood this movie and all the subtext about race and and um, everything else that was going on. I did not get any of that the first time. And that's how it ended up on my top list is because I just couldn't believe how much improved my opinion of that movie was. And then nine to five. I don't know if you all remember when we watched this, but my view of it in terms now that because the first time i'd seen it i was just a little girl you know and um now being in my mid-40s having been in the workforce for over two decades now having encountered so many different types of co-workers and supervisors and everything my opinion just changed and like i used to hate Roz, and i don't know if you all remember but i i like sympathize with her now because i felt she Which was a movie nine to five Oh, okay. Sorry, I just missed it. In fact, uh, um, Brooke, you and I talked about Roz and how, mm-hmm. you know, we really did think she was a victim. And and it, I yeah, I did not notice any of that. I was way too young last time I saw this to understand um, all of those interactions and why people are the way they are. Um, but yeah, that, that one, my mind changed a lot. I still love it, but just for different reasons now, for mm-hmm. more reasons. I guess you could say. Definitely. Completely agree. Uh, that was a movie I totally, like I, I remembered from childhood. And that I think that's the thing about all of the Dolly movies, um, or at least all the good ones, is like, oh, yeah, Steel Magnolias, Best Little Whorehouse, 9 to 5. It's like, yeah, okay, those exist. And then watch them and they're like, no, these are really, really, really good. Yeah. There, I I was uh, really impressed by 
by all of us. I'm so glad that we got to do that franchise. Yeah. And y'all are going to laugh at me. I just looked at my, my notebook. Um, okay. You know how I put rhinestone twice. I actually have two worst song categories. I don't know how I didn't combine them. I think cause I didn't do this all at once. I sort of started and then came back to it. So I ended up Makes okay, sense. The worst song was in a de Vida, but now I found the other worst songs, um, Drinkenstein from rhinestone. <laughs> yep. oh, <so> bad. <laughs> and then whatever that abomination was at the end of power of one, where the little boy was like conducting an orchestra. Mm. He's a I, little think white also, I think that was also in a God of just the orchestra. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's it. I'm done. I promise. <laughs> no, those were great. They're very good. Very, can, very can we, good. Can we jump on those? And, and Andy and Brooke, were there movies for you two as well that were either more surprising? I mean, Barfy was probably mine where I just went, I, because I, I didn't know anything about it. And that movie absolutely blew me away. Do you two have ones that were worse or better than you expected? Barfy's the one that, that blew me away the most for the same reason. Like, didn't know about it. Melissa said, watch it. And then like immediately I'm like, this is like the best movie. This is so good. So, um, and I didn't, I don't think I had that many where I was like, Oh, I thought this was a really good movie. And now it's like, it's kind of garbage. Um, I will say though, I think it took down, a lot of the Disney animation, a couple of pegs for me going through all of these. Um, I still really love a lot of those films. And you'll see if you go and like look on my letterboxed rankings, like and what I was rating all of them, like I still really like them. But um, yeah, the it's important to take a critical lens to uh, to all of those. Brooke, what about you? Um. So definitely Barfy. I mean, I watched it again last night. I can't stop watching it. Yes. It speaks to my soul and I'm, and I'm feeling hope for visibility and being, people being seen as people instead of a collection of circumstances, right? Like, I, I just, I love it. Um, I will say I was shocked by everything everywhere all at once. The, I had no idea what I was starting when I started watching it, and I really, I really thought it was over in the middle half when when they fake us out and you think that the movie's over. And so I was pissed. To, I was too. Yeah. And then for it to keep like the whole experience of that movie kind of blew me away. Um, as far as like movies that I thought I was going to like more than I did, I'm a horror movie fan. And I was absolutely shocked and blown away by how much the Hannibal seasons disturbed me and that I couldn't even watch them. Like mm. that, that was shocking to me. And I, I think it's because they're so well done. They're so believable that it, it was, they blew me out of the water. So I was, I was surprised by that. And um, I think anytime that I, I watch a movie and I just, swear the entire fucking time I'm watching it um, I'm getting into more than than what I expected so I definitely felt that way about sympathy for Mr. Vengeance um, 
I didn't expect to have such a visceral reaction to those movies, but then to also take so much from them and have them be some of the most impactful that we watched this season for me. Uh, I, I was kind of blown away by that. So. Yeah. Brooke, I was also really uh, touched by Louise by the Shore. That yeah. was not a film I hadn't, you know, I hadn't known about. And it was just so different and just kind of a, a palate cleanser, like mm-hmm. in between all of the other things that we were doing. And it was just a, a nice little rumination on like, maybe I should just go be alone for a while. Maybe yeah, that's, it was a, maybe that's okay. It was an interesting experience. And I think for me moving into a space of like just being really happy being alone, um, I, I quite enjoyed it. I I did not expect to be the person on the podcast that was defending the original Disney princess movies. That was shocking <laughs> to me because I don't like princess movies. And for me to like feel so passionately like – I needed to advocate for Snow White and Alice in Wonderland and like so the that that was shocking to me and I still don't understand how everyone hates Rocky Five so much. That's okay. It's, We're all just wrong. And Roy gave us all Roy true. gave us all twenty dollars on Venmo right before <laughs> the podcast. When I'm the only one who likes it, I just want you guys to know that I don't think that you're the ones that are wrong. <laughs> I, I trust all of your opinions enough to, to sit with it and go, huh, I think I'm the one that's seeing this differently. But um, yeah, I think so the I'm only right. person who's wrong here is JB about Blade 2. I mean, how dare you? I mean, I listen, <laughs> Demolition Man was on my list, and we all know how that turned out. So you can love Rocky Five all you want. It, it's all just what it means, right? Like Demolition Man was the movie that our friend Aaron Fry laughed so hard he rolled off the couch into a thing of popcorn. Right. Yep. So so it's it's not just the movie, it's what it what it represents and what it means. And so Brooke, I'm totally with you on, on Rocky Five. It it doesn't have to be how it was made or what it's about. It has to be how it relates to you and um and, and that's what's so great about it. And um I mean secretly, you know, one of Roy's favorite movies is Better Off Dead. Come on. Um or one crazy summer, like ugh, yeah. So we all have those movies that we grew up with, but yeah. no, I, I yeah. think I think you liking Rocky Five, it keeps that movie alive, right? As part of the context of the, um, the Rocky series, because I mean, it it has to be part of it. Otherwise, you don't have, like you said, you don't have Balboa, um, you don't have Creed One, maybe even in some cases. So and I context, really they're all important. I really like Brooke's version of Rocky five. I wish <laughs> I could watch that movie. Um, like the way that you explain it and what you love about it. I'm like, that's what I love about it too. I think that's a great movie. So yeah, it was really um, weird how Candyman fought him at the end. But other than that, it was great. Other than that, yeah. <laughs> He's got yeah. a hook. How do we win this? <laughs> I'm so glad that everyone like listening to Melissa talk about Candyman. Like I'm so I love hearing that different experience with it. And it makes me really excited too, which is part of why I was surprised I didn't. I remember really liking Silence of the Lambs. And so I was shocked that I didn't get into the other ones more. But um, 
I'm really excited to go through the Scream movies with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I feel like that's probably my number one all-time favorite franchise. Like, of all well, that that so. is a good segue into us talking about what we've got next. Uh, so we're ending season two. We are heading into season three. Season three. What a gift. What a gift. Um, <laughs> what a what a gift. <laughs> what a gift. And all of these franchises are a wonderful gift to to all of us. Uh we are starting off with Melissa's nomination of the Evil Dead films. Yay! Uh I am Parental excited. Parental discretion and... advised. <laughs> <laughs> Would you show these to children? No. <laughs> are we yeah. going to talk about award shifts too? And yeah, we're going to oh we're going to come back with a completely different set of awards, and different questions. We're no longer going to be asking the uh, the same questions or giving the same awards uh, because I I just don't think that they'll translate. Are there any that you think we should absolutely keep though? I do like the question of would you show this to children? Really? Like I, I know that that was specific to Disney, but I just like having that that context for people who may be listening to this who have or haven't watched it. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fat mom, though, so. Spoiler alert, we are going to have six movies in a row that we will not show to children. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or well, I don't know. Maybe Army of Darkness, but the rest of them. <laughs> uh, um, trigger warning, content warning for the first Evil Dead movie for sexual assault. Uh, yeah. Some I haven't seen any of these, so I'm excited, Melissa. Yeah. yeah. Same. Well, I've always wanted to, and. Now I have a definite reason to like, you know, because like when I'm looking for something to watch and I don't know what to watch, I, for some reason, these just never come to mind, right. you know, to watch. And so now now I'm going to watch them, you know, and I get to talk about them with y'all, which is awesome. Well, there's only two of them that I ever want to watch. So it'll be interesting to um, revisit the rest of them because I haven't I haven't seen the original Evil Dead and at least 20 years so that's gonna be gonna be interesting okay uh we'll come back and join us uh for that and uh until then uh thanks for thanks for sticking with us and uh uh be careful what you show to children shop smart (laughs) shop f mart all right you primitive (laughs) screw heads listen up this is Andy's Oh my gosh, you thought we were rid of us, but no, we're back. Um, <laughs> the Oscars ju- just finished, and Brooke had an amazing idea to everyone jump on and give our reactions because holy shit. <laughs> Holy cow. I mean, what a great fucking night. Yeah. Absolutely. Who would have thought? I mean, 
this is just a side note, yeah. but like watching Brendan Fraser win an Oscar in our lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. Even like, fuck that movie, but I'm yeah. so happy for him. I am yeah. so happy for this. Yeah. The entirety of this broadcast. Um, I just, I feel such a profound sense of like universal karmic justice. Like that everybody that deserved to win won for the most part. And God, I just, no, normally like women talking doesn't ever get a second thought. Everything yeah. everywhere all at once is some weird art house movie that nobody cares about and it fucking cleaned up and it makes me so happy and I am like literally sobbing here because I just yeah. love that movie so much. Yeah, there were I mean, were there any there were there are always uh, some categories where there sh- should be more than one winner. Oh yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing wrong with to- like Kate Blanchett could win at the same time, she's, right? Everybody could tie, but sure. Oh, she's incredible! What were there any disappointments? Just the one for me. I really wanted Angela Bassett to win. She as was a supporting actress. Um, yeah, yeah. It she she was great, and you know, I, I, look, Jamie Lee Curtis was great too. I, I'm not begrudging her. Well, maybe a little begrudging her, but you know. Well, um, with- if I'm ranking, I wanted Stephanie Hsu to win first, mm-hmm. and then Angela Bassett second, and Jamie Lee Curtis third. But right. all of those are so good. Yeah. I mean, what a top three, right? Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I thought that the the two Everything Everywhere nominees would just cancel each other out and split the vote, and so Angela yeah, would win. That's usually what happens when yeah. that. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I mean, it's. It's so hard though, because it's I don't know the the joy that Stephanie had on her face when Jamie won, mm-hmm. and you could like they've done so many of these ceremonies together, and you saw them know. all holding hands together when they were announcing Michelle's category, and it it just you, you could tell they really love each other, and that's really. Not always the case in Hollywood. I mean, how many times have we heard about feuds on set and people not yeah. liking each other? And mm-hmm. But this seems so genuine. I want to believe that it's just real, you know? Well, well like, even just watching the, the, the material, yeah. Well, watching the, the whole crowd, all of their reactions just seem to be so supportive of each of these wins. And... I love that. Like when they announced um, Best Actress, all of the other women were like jumping out of their seats and cheering for her. Like it's, it's just, it was just really beautiful. And all of the yeah. the speeches and like the the speech for women talking. Oh my god, it was so yeah. beautiful. The whole thing. And and I don't know, Daniel Kwan really touched me in his um in his best adapted screenplay um or i well Mm -hmm. i can't remember if it was the screenplay or the director one but just talking about how this is not 
like an individual win. This is a collective win and that he isn't like great art doesn't come out of one singular person. It comes out of multitudes of people working on this together. And I, it's so beautiful and so humble and that he told his son, if you ever watch this, I'm going to be proud of you no matter what you don't, this isn't the standard. This is really stupid and crazy actually that we do this. And God, the the, the really cool thing, you know, Andy, you, you mentioned something. It's really cool when the Oscars pick a best picture that engenders that sense, right? Because if you look back, it's not like The Godfather or Goodfellas. You know, movies like that, you, I don't think you have a good time making that movie, yeah. Yeah. right? And I really like that everything, everywhere, all at once, it's, it engenders that, like you said, Brooke, that, that relationship because it's a movie that's about that, and, and I don't think we have enough of that recognized in award shows and, you know, a movie that builds relationships and connections and, you know, and, and, and the people on the stage actually get to have those connections among themselves because it's a fun movie to film. Um, and that's why I, I agree with all of you. That's why it was so great that it won, because it is a movie about overcoming and, and being part of something bigger. And it would be a disservice to not let that win. Right. And, and you do, you think back at all the best picture, like if all quiet on the Western front had won, okay, great movie, but like, was it fun to film? Probably not. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, what's so cool. And you know what, what we're all talking about. It's, it's not unlike when we all get together, right? It's, it's the spirit of all of us having opinions and working on something that's bigger than us individually. And it's really there haven't been a lot of movies like that and it's really important and it's really special for, for us. And, and like you said, Brooke, for our, for the children who are going to grow up and watch this and realize we're finally making steps to make, to allowing movies to be good that people actually want to watch. So it was really cool. And it was cool watching it with Prue and having her not having seen, you know, these movies (laughs) and being like, can I, can I watch these? Do I get to watch them? And I like, I want to immediately watch them with her, but also should probably use some restraint. Um, (laughs) But, but at the same time, my heart is like so conflicted because I'm like, yeah, I really want to watch this with her. I want, I want her to see these things at this age. I want her to see, like women talking and listening like that, that whole speech. Like I want her to grow up seeing those things as the standard and seeing moms and daughters go through these difficult conversations and places and like, just know like it's going to be hard and growing up is hard and that everyone is trying and to like be able to believe that the world is trying but to to be able to see these movies being seen not just as a weird indie art flick, but to be seen and appreciated for for all that it is, to to be able to see past the absurdity, to see past the the craziness and the quote unquote inappropriateness, but 
to see the whole picture and to be celebrated in this way and to see the world celebrating that together, it just, it's a little light of hope that I don't think most of us have felt for a really long time. And that, I mean, that was what hit me about this movie so much was, I mean, I went to go see this. I was super depressed. I mean, I still am pretty depressed overall, but like the way that it hit me in the theater that it's just like, yeah, you know what? Life is kind of shitty and that's okay. We can embrace that and we can embrace failure. We can embrace hard times. We can even embrace misunderstanding and try to move past it because you know, that, that's that's just what life is and at the end of the day like that's just what you have to do you have to embrace the the absurdity of it all and just just try to you know try to understand each other try to reach out to each other and and that's just beautiful and yeah. it just it feels so important to um to remember that as as hard as things are and it's why this i don't know i i think even if this hadn't won all of these oscars i think people will look back at this and be like man what the fuck was going on in 2022 <laughs> that you know <laughs> or caused this movie to be made or what was going on from 2020 to 2022 that made this movie so important right exactly. right as the culmination of the underdog winning and people who were forgotten coming back into the limelight and all of that. I mean, every part of this movie is a feel good story, right? Yeah. Um, especially the butt plug. I mean, the best feel good ever, but I mean the most feel good in a lot of ways, you know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta use some lube and some patience. But, you know. It depends on which multiverse you want to end up in, but yeah, right. yeah. But, but it is, it's to your, to your point, Brooke, it is, it is two to three years of just chaos and heart heartache and hardship. And here comes this, uh, you said it great, this little bright spot of a movie that, that, and I think it also enveloped the whole Oscar process, right? Like you said, here's Brendan Fraser, who's going to win an Oscar. Here's a here's a song from RRR, right? Oh. Just all of these little pieces just kind of meshed. And it was so fun. Again, I didn't watch most of it, but it was so fun seeing all of your texts. Just like this string of happiness, right? Not No disappointment, no you know, WTF, it was just a string of the three of you just responding very positively. And I think that's the first time I've ever experienced that in 40 years of award shows. Yeah. It really and that is. was really cool to be part of. So uh, like I said, I, I appreciate you all keeping me in the loop. It was really fun to see. Yeah. Normally I hate watching the Oscars because it's just like, oh, well, what's going to disappoint me this time? Right. And I don't know. I was I was bracing for that, and I was really happy. It's like didn't... watching a presidential debate. It's like fuck me. <laughs> yeah, no, the seriously. Rest, the rest of life can be disappointing. We finally got to escape for three hours, right? 
Yeah. Kind of a well, nice thing. And I think like all of us, we're each in very different places in our lives. And we have some similarities between us, but like when I watched Everything Everywhere All at Once, I watched it with Chip. Like in the middle of us separating and and ending things. We watched this movie together and it was a fucking lot. <laughs> like the emotions yeah. of it. But like so like that's one of the things like that has always bothered Chip about me is that one of my favorite sayings is that I like to see beauty and destruction i think there's so much that we get to learn from our lives in the way that they can go so differently than what we imagined and and i always tell prue not to let her imagination limit her to what her life will actually become and so watching that movie with him and and feeling the heaviness of us leaving each other and and being able to celebrate the movie itself still so very much and then watching that award speech like him saying that if all of this shine and glitter went away i'd still love to do laundry and taxes with you every night like it was so cool <laughs> like yeah. what a what a powerful movie to just give some perspective of your life can go a lot of different ways but take time to to sit in what it is because i for me, there is beauty in destruction. There is beauty in all the mundane and, and in the day-to-day. And, um, like, I know I'm a big baby, but, like, I I can't imagine not being a mom. <laughs> and I know that that's, like, just my personal path, but, like, not having her and having just this, this little life with my kid is so fucking great for me and I don't want a partner or these like just the simplicity of my life right now is just so grand and I loved seeing that on the stage tonight it's really beautiful Melissa did this convince you even even the slightest bit that maybe (laughs) you wanted to see RRR just a little (laughs) bit or fuck no oh Damn it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm, I'll, I'll stop trying. <laughs> if that if that wasn't going to convince you, nothing will. That's okay. Dude, like, that was remember when we talked about Creed 3 and I said that on the surface it's a good movie, but like I have that fatigue. That, that doesn't mean that later on I won't have the fatigue or it'll subside and maybe I can revisit the movie and enjoy it more on its own merits you know and so maybe at some point i can you know i won't have the brosa fatigue and i can watch rrr but that time is not right now and and quite honestly i i don't know when it would be um because brosives are everywhere and they're just a constant source of irritation you know so I, I don't know, but we I'm need, open to the thought I could change my mind later. Just not right now. We need 800 more women talkings. And then uh, once that is like the landscape, then, mm-hmm. then maybe. <laughs> yeah. Then maybe a sausage fest like our, our won't bug me. <laughs> but also to have those 800 women talkings, like just happening in real life. Not even, not only on yeah. screen that too Mm. i just um so i hadn't watched women talking that was one of the 
last movies of the, or it was actually the last movie of the Best Picture nominees that I watched. Um, and I slept on that movie way too long. It is phenomenal. I think of, of the Best Picture nominees, it's my second or third favorite of all of them. It's really, really, really good. And I feel bad I didn't watch it before. I don't, I don't know what happened. It just, I don't know. It wasn't like streaming anywhere or it was just I'm going to watch it tonight. It's to be, really good. To be fair. It's really, really, really good. Um, and I don't know, like for me, it hit really hard. Uh, cause there was a lot of stuff in there, um, that felt very like, um, felt very Mormon. So it kind of, it kind of hit right in those warm feels for me. So that was, uh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, amazing film regardless. It really talky reminded me a lot of, um, uh, like 12 angry men just in, in the way that it's just a lot of people like discussing and trying to convince one another and, uh, and, and, you know, I, I think that's I think that's really great and it's hard to make that interesting and they really really did so um, yeah I'm I'm really glad that one okay any anything else I I want to make a suggestion um, Brooke had said we should have live streamed the last hour or so when the big mm-hmm. awards go out if there's a movie next year that we're all really rooting for or enjoyed or, or maybe even if there isn't i don't know maybe we could try that because i i would have I'm loved down. to have seen yeah. or heard some of your reactions to this um you know because because i i know that we were all pretty static yeah melissa i i'm totally down for that i think that would be awesome uh for me it would have just been like sobbing and sniffing yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a mixture of me like pumping my fist in the air and going yes and then like crying during the the reception speech and then going yeah and my daughter looking at me like i was a crazy person so yeah but uh, i would love to have that recorded for prosperity <laughs> yeah no let's uh well i mean so i don't know what 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 are the big winners going to be next year well, um, so I'm also interested if they go back to Brosif. I want to be on the podcast with Melissa listening to her swear. <laughs> so it's a win-win. Either we're going to have some great yeah. movies or we're going to have Melissa like, this fucking piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Melissa swearing or me and Andy crying. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know the that Everything Everywhere uh, premiered at South by Southwest a year ago. And the uh, it was the opening night movie. You know what the opening night movie was this year? Hmm. Dungeons and Dragons. So that's gonna be no, that's not gonna be the big Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> as, I can as, hear Melissa's disappointment. <laughs> as excited as I am to see the the Chris Pine Dungeons and Dragons movie, so, it will not be everything so here, everywhere. <laughs> here's the current five. Are you ready, Andy? Sure. So. Top five likely films for the 2024 Oscars. First, Color Purple. Interesting. Second, Dune Part Two. 
Ooh. Third, Killers of the Flower Moon, which is the Scorsese one, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fourth, Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. And fifth, Bo is Afraid. Interesting for the Joaquin Phoenix. I so those are the top those. five they've listed right now. Interesting. <laughs> well, um, yeah. I don't know if any of those are truly those great movies. Um, yeah, it could be. Could be. Okay. Um, but I think that's it. Anything else? Okay. No, Thanks this for doing a, this. This was yeah, fun. That was a super yeah. fun night just getting to text with you all. So I really yeah. thank you again. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Happy Oscars, everyone. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thank you. That will be all. God damn it. That's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. Then all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. This show is part of the Geek Nerd Network. Geek Nerd Network. Find more shows like it at geeknerdnetwork.com. This is Janet.